I maintain the grounds, purchase resources, do the laundry for both Dora and Duck Melvick, and ensure the guests are satisfied and that they have everything that they need. Um, I'm the local point of contact for the customers. Um, that's really quite handy, especially for Aurora, because I'm only five minutes away if that. I would say that they've got to be totally committed, totally passionate about the site that they're running, operating, owning, and their heart really has to be in it 100%. You can make it as, as simple or as difficult as you want to. And if you just keep on top of things all the time, and you're friendly towards your, your guests and things, then I, d I don't really see any issues. Hello, and welcome to the Glampy Tech Podcast. Today I'm joined by Christine McLean. Christine oversees the daily management of the two North Coast 500 pod sites in Brora and Ekmelvik. If you weren't aware, North Coast 500 Pods is a glamping site business set up by Glampy Tech's co-founders, Callum and Ali and they're completely hands-off with the day-to-day -day aspect, so Christine is vital to ensuring that everything runs smoothly. You may be listening to this because you're thinking of setting up your own glamping site and you want to be involved in the everyday management of the business. In that case, Christine gives you an insight into the duties involved and how it can be such a rewarding lifestyle. Alternatively, you may want to do what Callum and Ali did and be completely hands-off, in which case, this serves as an example of the kind of things you can outsource to the right person. Either way, I hope you enjoy and that you find it valuable. Hi Christine, how are you doing? I'm very well, Nick, thank you. Well, thank you for agreeing to come on and give up your time. Um, so you're, you're, you sort of run um, the NC500 pod uh, glamping sites on the ground for, for Callum and Ali, who have both, had, who both have come on the podcast. Um, so how did you actually um, get the opportunity to work for NC500 pods? Well, way back in oh, the beginning of last year, um, Callum and Ali approached my husband and my son who have um, a contracting business uh, for doing groundworks and they commissioned them to do all the groundworks at the Brora site um, and due, due to lockdown I wasn't working so I spent the whole of the seven weeks over there um, helping to get it from the ground up, uh, involved in drainage, um, electrics, uh, right through to um, installation of the pods. Um, and it was just, it was so exciting. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And then the enthusiasm and the drive of Callum and Ali, it was, it just made me want to be a part of it. And what, what, what was it like actually building a site from the ground up? Because, um, you know, I imagine there's a lot, of, a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of technical sort of things. There is, yes. And um, it was actually very interesting because there's a lot of work beforehand that people just don't see because it's all under the ground. Um, like I say, you've got to dig out the drains, put the drainage in, you've got um, electrics to run, uh, water, um, and getting it to go around the site, but then go to each individual pod base. Um, I was involved in, the, the site itself was 
was not flat. So I was involved in seeing how to do the different levels of the site um, to get it so that we can have flat areas for the pods to sit on. Um, seeing how the concrete bases go in. And like I say, one of the most exciting bits was watching the pods being delivered and being part of um, exciting them on the concrete pads. It was just amazing. Yeah, and, and you also oversee the, the stuff on the ground now that, uh, you know, the sites that are up and running. Um, what, what sort of duties does that involve? Um, well, it was really exciting because we got a new honeymoon pod and I was allowed to kit that out with everything that needed inside. And I thoroughly enjoyed that, I got the run of that. But I maintain and I clean the pods in the sauna because we have a sauna in Brora. Um, I maintain the grounds, purchase resources, do the laundry for both Brora and Melbeck and ensure the guests are satisfied and that they have everything that they need. Um, I'm the local point of contact with the customers. Um, that's really quite handy, especially for Brora because I'm only five minutes away if that. Um, and I ensure the welcome parts are up to date, maintenance logs are completed, and that we're adhering to everything that Callum, Callum and Ali <laughs> have in, in place. Did you know anything about glamping before you started this? I didn't, know. My son had been away to glamping sites a few times and he told me that you get quite basic ones and then you get ones that are a bit more upmarket. And the first I ever saw of a glamping pod wasn't glamping. It was like these little upturned boats <laughs> and it was in... Um, I'm trying to Apple Cross, I saw it. And it was basically just two shelves and you take your sleeping bag in. <laughs> but yeah. these pods, when I saw them, you know, it's just luxury and it's just going from home. It's absolutely amazing. You've got everything that you need and it's just so comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why it's so popular. It's the luxury side of it mixed with being able to, to sort of reconnect with nature, if you like. Um, how often do you deal with guests face to face on a daily basis? Um, I try to see in, in normal times, obviously. Uh -huh. I try to see them at least once during their stay, basically, so that they can put a face to a name and just to make sure that they've got everything they need. Um, and obviously, if if there's any issues or that, they can phone me and I'll go over. But uh, I'm there most days at some point. Yeah, and, and you seem quite personable, so I, I'm sure that comes natural to you. Is it something that you find quite easy and you enjoy doing, dealing with people day to day? I do, yes. I, I quite like meeting people. Yeah. Okay, I thought so, I thought so. Is there any, are there any, you mentioned, you know, sometimes issues crop up, are there any emergencies that you've ever had to deal with? Um, emergencies. Um... As far as guests are concerned, uh, we had one uh, family that kind of ran out of toilet roll. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had to shoot over and uh, restock them with toilet roll. The kids had used it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, one of the one of the main things was when when I started working in C five hundred pods, I was working in a nursery just before it, and um, so I was doing two jobs theoretically, and at the time we had loads of one night stays, and um, when we were when we received the linen and things back from the previous contractor for the cleaning services, um, we had to do such a quick change around because we didn't have the enough to to not have to keep it laundered to keep it going. So, um, but we quickly overcame that as Callum and Ali purchased additional linen and towels, etc. So we have now got enough to cover two full weeks in both sites. So it's a lot more manageable now, yeah. But that was one of the, one, it's going to be the most trying time. So it was only ever going to get easier than that. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned there how, um, how you're sort of on call for emergencies like running out of toilet roll and, and we spoke to we, we spoke to Ali the other day and he said you know if because a lot of people set up a glamping site to, to have it as a lifestyle you know a nice job to, to have that earns the money but others like Callum and Ali did they just want it as a, a sort of an investment and to sit back and let it run itself obviously with the and they need the help of of you to do that is, is it do you, you know, it must be, it must be um, because obviously Ali said, you know, they're based in Edinburgh. They can't exactly take a call in the middle of the night and saying we were out of toilet roll, we need help. So you're sort of the, an absolutely vital cog in the wheel. Is it, is it tough being sort of required to be on call all the time? Not really, no. I suppose it's uh, a bit more difficult for Ah Melvick. Um, I mean, we had one issue where a lady had problems with her heating and it just so happened it was a Saturday, so I was over anyway, but um, if anything needed done immediately, I can contact James in Athmelbeck and he would, would see to it. Yeah, okay, that's good. Um, and is there, is, is there what's, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of the job? Um, I don't really see anything too challenging. Um, I suppose if people arrive early and it can be a bit frustrating that you've maybe not done their pod but done a, a different pod, you know, and therefore it's not ready. And that can be a bit frustrating for myself because they can't get in straight away. But, um, you know, there's there's just nothing we can do about that. Yeah, is, is there anything that surprised you in, in that, you know, something might have been a lot harder than you thought it would be, or it might take more time than you thought, or, um, you know, it might, it might be something that, you didn't think would be that important, but it's actually, it's actually you know, really, really important. Is there anything that surprised you about the job? Well, due to COVID now, um, obviously you have to have more stringent cleaning measures and you have to be a lot more thorough. Um, and we have ovens and freezers and fridges in the pods. So, you know, if the oven has been used and it's, 
it's quite dirty. You're obviously going to have to clean that before someone comes in, and that can be time consuming. Um, but yeah, it could take around an hour and a half to, to clean a pond. Yeah. Uh, and um, Ali mentioned, you, you spoke about COVID there. Ali mentioned that you did a, a COVID cleaning course recently and you've put together a sort of COVID questionnaire, questionnaire policy. What, what does that entail? Yes, I did, actually. Okay. Um, it's just, it's one for a pre-arrival questionnaire and an exit questionnaire for the guests to complete. And it's just finding out if they've been to a country that's not on the travel corridors, um, have they had any of the symptoms within the last seven days prior to, before they come to the pod, um, just so that we can be aware if anyone might have had or half COVID or a chance of COVID before they come, um, and have they had contact or care for somebody that's been diagnosed for having COVID. Um, have they been in close contact with anybody that's travelled uh, within the last 10 days to other countries? Um, so that's the, basically the pre-arrival questionnaire. And then the exit questionnaire is similar. It's just asking while they've been staying in the pod, have they had any headaches, shortness of breath, coughing and sneezing, the, the key symptoms of COVID, just so that we can get an idea of level of cleaning that we need to do in the pod. And is that required by, is that required by law or is it just something you thought would be a good thing to do? Um, it was something that was suggested by um, the people that I did the cleaning course with um, and it felt it was just a, a really good way of yeah, finding out if the customers were safe to come to the pods. Yeah, is it um... Has it added much of a workload or do you think it will add, once we open back up, do you think it will add much of a, a workload to, to what you already do with the whole COVID thing? Um, I don't think so, really. Um, unless someone was in the pod and took COVID whilst they were at the pod, um, then you would have to do a, a deeper clean than you would normally do and maybe leave it um, empty for a few days. Yeah. To... But nothing, nothing, nothing too major. I think, you know, certainly not enough to stop stop people opening up when uh, you know everyone's desperate to go. I know our admin team um, who sort of split the time between NC five hundred pods and Glamp Tech. There, they've been absolutely inundated with people asking about when we're opening up and all that. Um, so you know, a few few minutes here and there doing extra checks. I don't imagine it's. Um, it's not it's not a big deal in the uh, in the grand scheme of things uh -huh. i think i think i think today people are very aware of um what what they've personally got to do to keep it themselves and everybody else safe i mean we are installing hand sanitizers and things like that in uh, to the pods so we are making it as safe as we can yeah yeah what would you say is the, the best thing about your job? Meeting the customers, um, knowing that they're happy, they're comfortable. I'm, I'm very proud of progress day and knowing that I've done my best to make the guests stay relaxing, comfortable and pleasurable. That's the best part of my job. 
Yeah. And you must feel like you're almost are a guest because you, you overlook that site, don't you? You can see, I mean, you're saying early just before we started recording that, um, you know, you could see the pods looking all sad and lonely and empty at the minute because of lockdown. But um, yeah, it must, I mean, it must be, you know, a nice location and place to live just right above a glamping site. It is. It's absolutely lovely. And, you know, when, when you look across, you can see people sitting outside their pods, you can see the kids running around, you can see them using the barbecue. And it's just, it's just absolutely lovely just seeing people enjoying themselves and having a nice time. Yeah, and actually, have it, have, living so close to it, um, I, were, were you aware when Callum and Ali put in the planning, you know, the, the, put in the planning application to set up the site? Because I know sometimes local residents put in objections against uh, glamping site developments. Were you aware of any of that? And were you aware of any objections that were around at the time? Yes, I was. Was it the gossip, the talk <laughs> of the town? <laughs> Personally, um get asked about any objections but yes we did we did have a, a couple that weren't very keen on the glamping yeah. thing but um they've come round now it made mm-hmm. it made the build very interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> and a bit of laughter throughout the day <laughs> yeah but um well, yeah we've overcome that now and being honest uh, the lady she she thinks it's it's wonderful and realizes yeah. now they, they thought they were going to have people that were just partying all the time um it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. what does she, what does she like about it what, now that it's up and running um she, she likes the way that it's it's actually just fitted into the countryside mm. i mean they have, yeah. they have the adjacent croft so they've got horses so they're a bit concerned about the horses and they've got two daughters so they're concerned about their daughters but um, no, there's there's everything's fine now. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a, a a good bit of advice for our listeners who are you know a lot of them will be thinking of setting up their own site. It's if you you will get awkward neighbours sometimes that uh, will oppose the oppose the application, and you, sometimes you just got to work with them and be polite as possible, and just show that you want to be um, you know respectful of of the surroundings because glamping does does fit into it quite nicely but you know some some people will always be awkward but a lot of people do have genuine concerns and if you can show them how it will blend in and be nice and polite to them then more often than not you'll end up being okay yes yes and it really does and I'm looking at it just now and it actually enhances the the area you know it's yeah. lovely and just enhances the area you see mm. it all that at night it's lovely yeah, yeah. And so if you were, you know, if, if someone who wants to set up their own glamping site and wants to run it themselves, or if someone's thinking of, you know, working for a glamping site and doing your sort of job, would there be any one particular piece of advice that you'd give to them? Um, I would say that they've got to be totally committed, totally passionate about the site that they're running, operating, owning, and their heart really has to be in it 100%. You know, it's, um, you can make it as as simple or as difficult as you want to. And if you just keep on top of things all the time and you're um, friendly towards your your guests and things, then I I don't really see any issues. 
And on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for people to come, for guests to come back and stay at the site? Definitely a ten. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, th- thank you for your time. It's been really interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if people want to want to contact you and maybe ask a few questions on what it's like running a camping site, um, would you have you got an email address that they can send them to? I do, yes, I have, and I'd be quite happy to speak to them. Um, it's Christine one zero zero one one nine six three at gmail.com. Perfect, and we'll put that in the uh, in, in the comments as well, so anyone can you know copy and paste it. Okay, yeah, thank you for your time. That's that's been really um, really great, and uh, yeah, roll on the reopening of the site. Thank you, Nick. It was lovely speaking to you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Glamper Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and that you found value in today's episode. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, as it really helps us move up the podcast rankings. Thank you.